You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 316 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What's been happening in Gina world? Oh, I got out of the house. I got out beyond <laughs> five kilometres of Melbourne. Well I went out to the country last week. I'm heading out on another shoot tomorrow. So, but it, you know, it was it was lovely to get out and see that like there are parts of Victoria. And hello to all our Victorian listeners, where it just mm. looks like that all the shops are open. People are mm. out and it was like was lovely. It was lovely to get out. I really enjoyed it. How about you? <laughs> I have uh, not been out as much as you, even though I don't live in Victoria. (laughs) I have ventured out a little bit and I'm going to make more of an effort to do so, which I think I've mentioned before. Um, And we have had, in New South Wales, the state I live in, uh, at the time of recording, we have had 10 days of zero community transmission. Oh, that's brilliant. COVID in the whole state. Um, So the only people who have COVID are returning travellers who are quarantining. Yeah. Um, so that's good. And um, the weather's getting warmer. We've The clocks have changed for mm. daylight saving, which means we've got longer days, which is fantastic. And so, yes, it's kind of like feeling a little bit like really normal life. But, um, uh, you know, important not to be complacent. We'll see how yes. things go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're a yes. little way off. Hopefully, if we keep tracking the way we are in um, two or three weeks' time, I'll be able to see my friends and family. It's been a long time. I'm, I'm hanging out, Val. Yes, yes. All right. Um, so we want to give a shout-out to James Hughes, who kindly left us a review on Apple Podcasts. And James says, I've been a member of this gold community for for a few years now. During this time of COVID-19 restrictions, I've been getting rid of a whole bunch of subscriptions that I never really made use of, mostly to save some money. Today, I realized that it never even crossed my mind to include this membership in the same boat as all the others. Not for one moment. It has become a necessary part of life. My weekly fix of humour and education. Gina and Val have given me so much over the last few years. Thank you, ladies. You have a very unique thing going on here, which I know means a lot to many people. Cheers. Oh, wow. That's so good. Thank you so much, James. That's amazing. That's made my day. And thank you, James, particularly for taking the time to to write that review. Really, really appreciate it. Oh, wow. Just love it. Um, of course, if you have 30 seconds to leave, leave us a review or rating on iTunes or you know Apple Podcasts or your particular podcast platform, um, we'd really be grateful because it helps us in the rankings. And James mentioned that he is a member of the Gold Community. And if you're curious about what the Gold Community is about, 
Have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the Gold Community. If you're wondering what it's like to be a member of the Gold Community over at GinaMilitia.com, I asked Heather Humphrey why she joined. When I found the podcast, there was a lot of learning. And then when you offered the Gold Community, I was I was I jumped right on it. Knowing that the resources are there. I may not be able to do anything today, but I know that if I can get into the computer or I need to do something with my images. I can search for a tutorial if I'm doing post-editing and get a refresher. You know, I reach out to the community and, hey guys, help me out. I can't think anymore. What should I do? What can I do? And I got several great ideas. Those resources are there. Those people are there to support me anytime I need them. You have always responded every time we ask a question and the feedback when I send in the critique, they have been spot on and you always have great suggestions and you point me in different directions and they have been nothing but positive. I have the confidence now to that I can charge other people for my services and and provide them with images that I know that they value as well. It's amazing. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold Community, just go to GinaMilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, so now let's move on to this week's topic, which is how to pose, direct, light and compose candid, natural-looking portraits. Now, I think this is really interesting, Gina, because mm-hmm. we're aiming for candid, natural-looking portraits, but but we're posing, directing, lighting yeah. <laughs> and composing. And um, I know that you're a master at this um, and the shots look absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I'm really interested to hear how you break down that process to capture, and it is a process, to capture what is a really beautiful, natural candid looking shot in the end so where do we start with this one well we start with a like an introduction we'll talk about what what it is like this uh, candid the other word for it is a lifestyle uh, photography and yeah. po- particularly in the portrait family and commercial photography it's become increasingly popular particularly in the last few years you see it everywhere like gone are the days where you'd see like staged um, posy posy, you know, uptight looking photos. I think the whole world, particularly in the last few years and definitely this year, has relaxed a lot. I'm, I'm, will be surprised if people go back to wearing, um, you know, full suits, suits and everything. Yeah. Don't you think? Do you think in the corporate yeah. sector everything is just relaxed and, and you know, people are working from home? And even like when you look at uh, TV, uh, it, it, you know, TV shows and interview shows now, it used to be because of the way the world is at this moment in time. And it's, this is, it's like October, 2020, in case you're listening in the future, um, because of COVID, like we can't be in studios in a lot of countries where we're next to each other. So people are zooming in from home. And it used to be that you would have this whole camera crew that got sent out and the fake backdrop and all of that. And it was very sterile. And now suddenly I was watching something last night where like a a scientist was giving her opinion on some, you know, really heavy stuff, right? And as she's mm. talking about this, her, her daughter, her, like her seven-year-old daughter just photobombs 
<laughs> the shot in the background and you know the 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 journalist that was interviewing her just just acknowledged it and said oh cute kid she can photo bomb anytime and they just went on where is it that had been a few years ago there would have been cut let's redo that you know it would have been uh the most embarrassing thing ever so like the world i think has relaxed and this you know yes. is being reflected in um the world of photography as well and so, so true but you know where it hasn't relaxed which is right. interesting because real estate's really hot in the area that i am living yeah. in at the moment because everyone's to kind of live here because it's, yeah beautiful it's, it's further away from the hot the city. spots of things yeah. you know what i mean um and uh real estate agents they are still in their suits, yeah. they are still dressed on the weekend. They're dressed with the high heels yeah. and yeah. dressed to the nines, and so they have not adapted. Actually, they are still looking as formal as they ever have been, which it is just really ma- odd it, to see because no one else is looking like that. It just makes me tired when I see people like that. I, I go, know. that's a lot of effort to, to just uh, turn yourself out like that. Just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the thing about this uh, candid lifestyle genre of photography is it, it what it looks like and what a lot of people think who maybe aren't photographers is it just looks like the, the photographer – just happen to be in the right place mm. at the right time. And you capture these like organic, gorgeous moments. Like you might have someone laughing off camera or a couple walking hand in hand, you know, into the sunset or a family that's like sitting around laughing together, children jumping in puddles, you know, mm. people enjoying a, a candid, authentic moment. But, you know, there are a couple of ways you can get these shots, Val. All right. So the yeah. first way, yeah. right, is... Spray and pray. So basically, you put your camera on auto, right? Yes. And you set your shutter to burst mode. So it just like whenever you press the shutter, it just will take like hundreds of frames instead of um, just the one. And then just photograph everything you see, just all day long, every day. Take thousands and thousands of photos every day. And once your 128 gigabyte card is full, (laughs) right? or your battery is empty, whichever comes first, you yes. get, you'll find in there, if you go through all of those shots, you are guaranteed to get one beautiful candid image, right? Mm, mm. So like I said, every once in a while, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn. <laughs> so right. the problem with this you know, is obviously this is a lot of work and it's not it's not an ideal way. If you want to shoot like that, then that's fine. Like I doubt that anyone who likes to shoot like that is listening to this uh, podcast right now. They're just going out and doing it. Uh, anyway, um, the, the problem with this is being in the right place at the right time with the right light, you get that from the photography gods maybe two or three times in your life. I can remember each time when I'm just like, oh, my God, this is happening in front of me. Click, 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 you know. So you you get those presented to you a few times. But if you want to have those sort of shots and this is something that you want to do as an ongoing business or that you just love taking great photos – then it's something that you want to end up taking control of. And it brings me to the second way and my preferred way to get these kind of shots is to carefully plan, light, pose and direct your shoot. 
Now yes. I'm going to break it down. I want to go through this so that, you know, you guys, listeners, can all get these beautiful, candid, uh, lifestyle-looking shots. And there is, uh, there's a system that I use and it works and it's just a matter of practicing but you know this is this is the way forward for photography at all levels now everyone wants stuff that looks really natural so the first step val that yeah. i recommend is find the good light okay find the good light it's not necessarily about the location so when you're planning it's light wins over location now a couple of episodes ago we talked about the best backgrounds for portrait shoots and i gave you a a lot of tips about you know how to find the best backgrounds and what to look for you know so think about this as like your your photo is like a stage and you're going to dress the set that you're going to place your actors, which are your models, uh, into this set. And you want that to be minimal. So really like keep it, I try and keep it simple and you want to have, um, and, and I do, if you haven't listened to that ex- episode about backgrounds, I do su- suggest you go yeah, back and listen to one. it. So it's episode three, uh, 14, I believe, how to find the best backgrounds for portrait shoots. Um, so set the stage and based on all those tips I gave you in that episode, you want to keep it simple and just have maybe a few visual cues in there in your background in terms of like, and that's supporting your model. So let, let's say that you were, um, you know, taking a photo of a family in their home. You don't need all like lots of guff in the background that's going to detract you from the shot. You want to keep your backgrounds nice and simple but when it comes to finding um, when you've got the choice of an amazing location like oh my god this view is fantastic and when a lot of um, beginners fall for this trick the view is amazing let's get this as a background Uh, and then you've got another choice where the light is amazing always choose the light. Now, a more inexperienced photographer is going to be easily uh, manipulated by the client or the person you're taking the photo of, and they will tell you where to shoot. Your job okay. as, to, as the photographer is to often disagree with the clients and say, yeah, that's a great, like they say, oh, we want to have our photos in front of this amazing um you know, 50,000, I'm just thinking of locations around you, Val, like come down to the, 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 the jetty where, where all the boats are parked and we want to have all those boats in the background. Now, that's a lot of clutter. It might look good to the eye, but to put a model in front of that, it's just a hot mess, right? Yeah, yeah. So you as the photographer want to go, you want to keep the client on side or the person that you're phot- photographing on side. So you go, great, let's get that. And I've got another idea. Let's just go over here around the corner. The light's amazing here. You're all going to look amazing. Let me just take a photo and show you because they're going to look at the location that you've chosen in front of a dirty, rusty um, boat shed that's got rubbish either side and they're going to go what is wrong with you our location was better but you found yes. the good light right so my point is never be afraid to move your models to beautiful light so if let's say you're shooting a wedding and uh, the bride's getting ready and her bridesmaids are like um 
doing up the buttons of the back the back of her mm. dress and mm. but they happen to be in the corner of the hotel room that there's the ironing board is set up in the background all the clothes that the girls came in is uh, you know strewn all over the floor and it's a hot mess and you're all also in a darker part of the room don't be afraid to say hey guys that's great keep doing what you're doing but just come over and direct them to like just in front of the window light so that they're beautifully lit so don't be afraid to do that if you're working outside look for and we've done um, several episodes on how to find the good light so you guys should be experts at it by now it's like looking Mm. for beautiful even open shade lighting or garage lighting Val again like you're an expert at this tell us what garage lighting is So for those who um, are not familiar with garage lighting, it is an awesome form of lighting. Gina's coined it garage lighting, but it doesn't have to be in a garage. But if you imagine that you're in a garage um, that has some kind of roller door onto, you know, the outside, and therefore you, if you're inside the garage, you are shaded, you are covered. But the outside, imagine it's concrete on the ground and the sun um, shines onto the concrete and basically if you are standing kind in the shade but in the doorway the um, uh, the sun is reflected onto your face or onto you um, and the kind of lighting is superb it doesn't have to be in a garage it could happen in a shed it could happen just on a terrace of a balcony it could come it, it happen anywhere where you can be in a covered shaded area but right in front of you is a um, is a surface on the ground that can reflect the sun back into you. Mm. And it's just beautiful lighting. Even our intern has listened to a garage lighting episode and she was directing me to go in the garage lighting. I said, how did you know that? She goes, I listened to your episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And it is, it's beautiful directional lighting and that's what you want to find. Now, if you're a beginner, it's just to keep it simple, photograph, the action in the shade so just look for even open shade so i'm not suggesting that you go under a canopy uh, a tree canopy where there might be dappled light but you can't always see that with the naked eye but the Mm. camera will pick it up so just like look for solid shade so under an awning and a gazebo uh, anywhere that it's sheltered and it's solid even shade that's a good starting point Uh, even lighting very easy to shoot in so that's like looking for the good light now if you're a little bit more advanced you can make your own light and this is the aim i think for all photographers because when you can manufacture your own light really it's like carrying the sun in your pocket you can pull it out at any time and you can create any look you want like you can easily recreate uh, a daylight natural look and if you're a goldie i just shared uh, this week guys a a tutorial on a two light Uh, natural lighting it looks like daylight but it's actually it was uh, pitch black when I I shot this so it's completely 100% lit with two lights and it looks like it's uh, a bit of uh, sunlight sparkling around in the room you can also um, create if you know how to manufacture light you can make it look like nighttime you can make it like an evening um, a dusk shot you can make it look like early morning you can put splashes of light in so you have the power 
to create your own light and then you're not having to worry about you know whether mother nature is going to uh turn turn up on the day or not so that's Mm. the next level to aim for but definitely first thing don't be afraid to move your model into the good light all right yeah good one Okay, so next, this is so important and this is about the direction, okay? So it's mm, a very important of d- direction of your models. Okay. So how, what you tell them to do. So oh, well, a lot of people directing? assume okay. that the candid images, um, you've just the photographer has just happened to walk past and people have done something interesting and you take a, a photo. And so you see this a lot in street uh, documentary photography and this is actually documenting something that's happening in front of you. So like these sorts of photographers don't usually intervene but if you're trying to recreate something from scratch and create a moment, you want to be able to... Um, uh, create that moment from scratch so that the 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 people can naturally go into it so i like to sort of um, again imagining that my set is like a stage and i'm bringing my actors in and positioning them so i'm looking for the good light so i've got them beautifully lit now i need to give them something to do and Mm. i think um as a preface to this, it's really important that um, you come into the shoot with a uh, – you're excited about the shoot. Your energy is everything when you come into a shoot, and it's like I, I think this is one of the most important things, Val. So if you come straight to a shoot and you're in a bad mood and you're going to be grumpy and short, you're going to get a grumpy and short sort of vibe from your models as well. So that just goes without saying that you come in and you're happy and you're excited to be there. But like, I think the most important thing to do is, and I think a lot of people make the mistake where they'll just say, okay, uh, everyone look really happy. Okay. Or I just want you to look natural. Just look natural and just pretend that I'm not here and just go about your duty. So what will happen if particularly if you've got a group of three or more people and you've, and everybody laugh now, (laughs) laugh. People don't know where to look. No. You'll get confused side-eye, you'll get glances, and people will be embarrassed by this and they actually don't know what to do because you've put all the pressure on your models to do the right thing and you usually end up with really stiff and um, awkward-looking poses. So um, I suggest that uh, you give your models uh, a scenario, an action, and don't just rely on them to do it once. You need to get them to do it over and over and over again. And I think, Val, you've seen me do this thousands of times when I'm photographing people for lifestyle shoots. I'll get them to run up and back and run up and back and run up and back. And as, you, as they're doing it, you, you're tweaking the movement. So, um, And what's important here too, Val, is that you make sure that the instructions that you're giving them are not too complicated. Because it like, you know, I could say, okay, what I want you to do is stand here and then uh, put your hand behind your ears and rub your hair back. And I want you to then turn to the left and laugh and, uh, and then put this hand on your hip and stand like this. That's too much. <laughs> People are going to get confused. And it's like, can you rub your head, uh, pat your head and rub your tummy at the same time? <laughs> Can you do that? I can. 
Okay, not everyone can. Okay, <laughs> and so the more things, and I'm just, so, I'm doing so it can, now. okay, so you can pat your head, rub yeah. your tummy. Now look to your left. Now stand on one foot. Now okay. jump up and down. Now <laughs> recite uh, our national anthem. It's a lot, okay. right? So keep it simple, and um, you've got to be really precise with uh, your direction, and also. What I try and do, particularly if I want to have a natural looking shot, is I set up my camera so it's about the frame. So I've like, I've, this is where I want my background to be. I've got it all framed up. And then you're going to bring in your actors, the models that you want to have in, your, in the shot, and you'll position them um, so the composition looks fantastic. And so then you tell them, like you include them in the shot. Okay, so you're going to be here. Dave, Steve, you're going to be standing here, all right? These these are, um, if you go, and I also tell them where their hands need to be. If they're Like if your hands go this far out, they're out of frame. So like these are the movements you can do. You can go from here to here. So they've got an indication of uh, the area that they're allowed to move in. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, the other really super, super important thing to do is give everybody an eye line. And what I mean by Mm. eye line is you give them a direction to look because otherwise... They don't know where to look and they get you end up getting with confused looks. And so when I give people an eye line, it's not enough to say, Dave, I need you to look to your right and Steve, I want you to look to your left because they already they're confused because they don't know if it's my left from the camera yes. or their left, right? And that's a big mistake uh, that a lot of photographers make. Instead, reframe that direction and say, Steve, I want you to look at the red wall, which happens to be to his right. Dave, I want you to look at that yellow uh, trash can on your right over there, and that happens to be on his left. And so now he's got a visual cue and an eye line. And I also go as far as to uh, I'll pinpoint an area exactly of like where I want their eyes to be so that they're not looking too far up or they're not looking too far down. So give them a yes. visual eye line. And that that also, when you say, that's where I want you to face, then you're going to get their face in the right direction because sometimes you might, they might, you get the great shot, but they're too much in profile or they're too, cl- too front onto camera. So you just guide them with a visual cue and place their face in exactly the position that you want them, okay? So they're set up now and, you, and at this point, I don't pose their bodies much, Val. I just mm-hmm. give them sort of maybe if they're kind of awkward people. Some people stand really awkwardly naturally. Some people are, are like very um, graceful in their stance naturally. Yes. So you, you, you can usually tell. But if you've got someone who stands awkwardly, then I might give them a base point to stand. Like I might just suggest that like stand so your feet are shoulder width apart mm. and it, that'll be it. And then let them relax into that pose, particularly if you're getting them to sit or, or, or lean against a wall or do something as part of the stance. This is really important that you um, give them that direction and then let them um, shift and get into that pose comfortably. So you just sort of give them some parameters 
and a, a suggestion of a pose and then let them do it themselves because once you start posing them like if you've seen something in the latest vogue magazine where the woman's <laughs> bent over at the you know forward and her head's tilted this way and then she's got her hand up on her head and you know really yeah. complicated high fashion yeah. people m- most people look silly in those poses. They look ridiculous. They, they, do, they look absolutely ridiculous. So maybe avoid those unless you're doing a high-end Vogue fashion shoot, then go nuts. But if it's mm. a casual shoot, no one, no one walks around looking like that. So you know it really helps with the to sell that this just happened to happen in front of me kind of shoot that if you let the models – Uh, go into it and usually like when I give someone uh, a guideline I just want you to sit here most of the time they surprise me and they'll they'll do it so naturally themselves that they'll come up with something better than you could even imagine so that it's actually a good tip so you give them that parameter give them a base for the poses and then um, let then you start with your direction so like you know with like you're shooting kids, uh, I might get them to like young kids uh, as a, as a, a cue to get something natural. I'm just going, okay, kids, I want you to hold hands and I want you to skip towards me, or I I, I want you to run towards me, or like if you want to get little kid like uh, sort of older kids, you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven, pre-teen kind of thing, you might have them huddled in a group and you'll have them in a semicircle so that you don't have um, someone's back to the camera, but you might get them to play a game. Like we used to play a game as kids where you'd have to roll a die and whoever got a six, all the other kids would pile on and tickle them until you could count to ten and whistle. And it's okay. it's a really like you you you're rolling the dice in the anticipation, and when you get the six, it's just like that moment when time freezes because you know that all your friends are going to pile on. And have you ever tried to count to ten and whistle when you're laughing so hard you're about to pee your pants? <laughs> no. <laughs> so anyway, it's really cute. So so from that, giving them that direction and you give them something that they're going to uh, enjoy playing, they're they're going to get right into it, and then you can just be back shooting the action as it's happening, all right? And you can get, like, great natural laughs and the anticipation and the reactions and, you know, so you've given them a a starting point or having a tea party. I like um, jumping on trampolines, running through sprinklers, uh, playing with a garden hose. These are all great things that you can do for kids as a starting point and then hang back and eventually the, hopefully they forget that you're there as a photographer and you're getting these natural uh, looking shots. All right. Mm. Mm. And couples like things that I like to do is I get, I set them up like they might, you know, if it's a wedding, I might have them in a particular embrace. So I give them a starting point and then that's when they generally freeze up and cause they don't know what to do. So what I like to do is hang back with a long lens and I'll say to one, one of the couple that say, I want you, Dave, I want you to whisper into Steve's ear or Steve, I want you to whisper into Carol's ear, whoever it is. And I want you to whisper, um, uh, I don't, I don't want to hear what you're saying, but like you can, like, if you want to get a, a soft mushy look on the, on the face or, uh, then you might say, um, Steve, tell, tell Dave or tell Carol, um, 
why you fell in love with them, you know, something mm-hmm, beautiful mm-hmm. like that. And, and you can just watch that person go super mushy in the face and it's really sweet and soft. Um, and then I might brief um, Dave on the side and say, hey, Dave, can you say something really funny that'll crack her up and, that, that you know, or crack him up and, I, and like, you know, that, that, that it can be your in-joke, but I want, like, or something really embarrassing that'll make them laugh and then you can, you're hanging back and uh, they'll say something and, and you're ready uh, for the reaction and you get that, like, the embarrassed giggle or, mm-hmm. you know, the look of horror or, or the shock or whatever, but you're there to capture a natural, candid reaction. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great trick. Yeah, and so, and again, for family portraits, you can also do this and you want to give uh, the family something to do. So the really simple one is um, just have everybody walking towards me but then Mm. it's not enough because everybody again needs an eye line and something to Mm. do so I will brief the entire family so little Jimmy while you're walking along you got that you got your uh, tennis ball I just want you to throw it and catch it in or play with it but like pass it from hand to hand as you're walking and the idea is to give them something to do that's a little bit complicated that's going to distract them from the fact that they're getting photographed all Right. right So, Dad, I want you to walk, put your hands in your pockets. I don't ever walk with my hands in my – I don't care, Dad. Just put your hands in your pocket. You look really cool, right? And walk towards me. Like, Mum, now you're going to be um, telling a story and everyone is listening to Mum. Now, and I'll say, like, little – what was the kid's name? Jimmy. Jimmy, you're walk- You're looking straight ahead. Mum, you're telling the story, so you're um, just like looking past and I'll give her an eye line. See that pole there? That's where I want your eye line to be. Uh, Dad, you'll be looking at mum and you're hanging off every word that she says. And little Stephanie, um, you'll be laughing at whatever mum says. So you're looking over at mum too. So I've got all my eye lines in the right place. Does that make sense? And then. It's not enough to say, okay, mum, just tell a funny story. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what to say. I don't, know what to I don't say. have a funny oh, I story. I never, nothing ever funny happens to me. So you've I'm got to get. I'm not funny. Again, you've got to be a bit more specific. So mm. you want to say, so something that I do, okay, so mum, can you remember your favourite nursery rhyme when you were a kid? Yes, I can. All right, so recite it. And then the next the next walkthrough, so she'll go walking along, Mary had a little lamb. She, of course everyone's going to laugh. You're shooting. You're getting that. And so they, there might be a few practice runs, and then you want to mix it up. And so I'll say, okay, Mum, now say it as a rap. Yo, 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 Mary had a little. Whatever it is to crack them up and just keep, keep it um, fun and light, especially if you've got – uh, pre-teens when you've got teens it's a lot harder because everything sucks oh that's lame that's so lame so you want to try and um yes. you know shock them into laughing or reacting okay yeah. um so that's the sort of thing and this particular um direction not only works for families but i have used this with um <laughs> the top 
top CEOs of companies and and their you know their whole executive team, and I'll get them to walk along, and I'll go, okay, so uh, Steve and Jim, you're you're walking, and it's a big business deal, but you know you tell two C, you know CEOs to to talk business to each other, it's going to look really. Uh, they're going to freeze up as well. Yeah, totally. They're going to like that. So make light of it. And I've had them, um, I'm like, okay, so what I want you to do, Steve, as you're walking, I want you to tell Jim what are the ingredients of your ideal hamburger. And I want you to layer it and tell it as you're layering each layer. So I start with the bun, then I put the cheese, then some mayonnaise, and then and then, Jim, if you're hearing this, and you and and you, you can, you, you need to repeat back what Steve's saying to you. You mean mayonnaise? You put the mayonnaise after the cheese. I thought you put the, and it just keeps the dialogue going. And so there's going to be moments where they look serious, like they're talking about a big business deal, and there's going to be moments where one of them might crack up and laugh, which is also good for that sort of where we're bringing out good news. Our our company just you know got record profits and then the serious ones are where they use them to maybe bring out like a more serious story does that make sense yeah absolutely so it's very very precise you are controlling everything you are controlling where where they will be in relation to the light you're putting them on the stage where they will be in terms of the backdrop and you're also giving them uh, something to do and in also precise direction. So it's like don't be general with your um, with your direction. It's not enough to just say, okay, everybody laugh. You want It's as precise as that and it's not enough to just do one sweep. You want to do several so that you're getting lots and lots of great shots. All right? Yeah, cool. Okay, so... Next, um, the camera angles that you choose are going to make a big difference to how these look. And because you're thinking about it's candid, uh, Val. So what's what are the characteristics of a candid shot when you think about the camera angle? What, what, what would you notice about that? What do you mean? So... Like if it's candid shot, if you if you were to say, okay, this shot looks candid, whereas like it happened to like, and it just looks like the photographer happened to be walking past and taking that shot, what would be different about that than oh. say one that was set up? Okay, so if it's set up, it would probably be square on, but if yeah. it was candid, it might be through a window or yeah. just beyond a doorway or yeah. something where where you could imagine that they were just walking past and yeah, happened to get perfect. So that's something that you want to consider when you're framing up your shot. So you want it to have uh, like a candid photography naturally has that fly on the wall sort of voyeuristic mm. kind of vibe to it. So like, yes, shoot through a window or through a, uh, a doorway uh, and uh, or have something in the foreground. Like I've often set up my shot and then there's nothing that I can use to frame my image in the foreground. So I might go and find some twigs and uh, attach them to a, a light stand and put them in front of the frame so I've got something out of focus that I'm shooting through and then that gives the sense of like I wasn't really me- meant to be here because if I was I'd move that tree out of the way and it gives a little it makes it look less 
clinical and that's the idea with uh, lifestyle candid photography you don't want it to look clinical the other thing you want to change is uh, the angle that you shoot at so like just shooting someone square on everything is nicely framed up that that too looks clinical so think about you might want to shoot from uh, low from the ground if you're shooting kids like a you know a, a bug's eye or a you know yeah. a snake eye view what's a low eye view is it like there's bird's eye from the top What's the a worm worm's eye worm's eye view? There you go. So you're looking um, you're looking up at, at the scene. So that that completely changes the dynamic of the shot. Um, or you you shoot from above and like you might might want to like not have the camera complete. I I struggle with this though. I have to admit a lot of people love um, shooting like on an angle. I think it's called Dutch angle. For me. It always looks so wrong, <laughs> but but it can add like that that fly on the wall. This happened so quickly that I just grabbed it kind of vibe. So think about that. Just changing the camera angle is really going to help. Now, gear, Valerie, uh, you've got uh, a couple of choices. So if you are say uh, hired to do candid images at a party or a function or an event. What you want to do is be mingling and um, kind of have the ability to hang back or to just look like any other guest so that people don't pull photo face as soon as they mm. see you bring yeah. the camera up to your eyes. So like what what um, a lot of uh, event photographers that like to shoot in this candid way love to use is like a small uh, mirrorless or a compact camera that doesn't – it just looks like a – uh, you're not serious when you're using that camera. And I've had great success using my little Fuji mirrorless cameras when I'm out and about traveling trying to get candid shots because, honestly, when people see that camera and and, and the fact that it's not uh, my natural camera to use, so I'm a bit bumbling when I'm using that camera. Like, I have to think. I'm like, hang on, let me just change my... And people look at me and they go, you ain't got no idea what you're doing. And they give you more time because you don't look professional. They look at the camera. They look at me bumbling around with this uh, Fuji, not not sure where... Oh, hang on, I've got to go back into the menu. Where is this, right? So that can work to your advantage and it can mean you can get closer, people don't take you seriously and they're not even going to notice you uh, mm. taking those candid shots. So, so, so that helps uh, when you're at, at a party and you're actually doing the real deal kind of candid shots where you're just trying to get people looking natural. But again, when you're doing that, don't be afraid to move people into a better uh, light position and, yeah. and don't just settle for bad light. And, and you can still just um, – you go, now, guys, just keep talking. I'm just going to take a few snaps of you. So that helps. The yeah. other lens that I would like to use for these uh, candid lifestyle images and I think my preferred lens – because it's great for capturing uh, intimate moments is a long lens, like a longer focal lens. So something yeah. like over 150 millimetres, 200 millimetres, because I can be right back. And this particularly when I'm shooting um, couples, you know, the smoochy shots, like you're well, way back, but it, 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 it feels intimate because you, you, you can zoom right in on the couple, but you're not in their personal space. And I think that's um, important to make someone feel comfortable. When you're using say a fixed focal length and if you've got a short focal length like say 35 or 50 to get that same sort of framing and fill the frame with the couple you are on top of them 
you're straddling them, saying, okay, this is great, let's look cuddly and intimate. And you're in their space and it, people feel awkward when you're, you're that close. So yes. I like using a long lens. In terms of your settings... Um, I... And in fact, a long lens, even it, it, it's, it's not just that you're not, you know, on top of them. Often they don't even know they're getting their photo taken. Yes. So, which is fantastic as well because yeah. they truly are candid shots. So I used to um, have MC these um, events um, for the um, city of Sydney at, um, and they were, you know, 100 people, 150 people or something like yeah. that. And they had uh, um, the organisers organised a photographer who – that's exactly what he did and not a single person they're fantastic shots and yeah. not a single person knew that um their photo was being taken so it was a yeah. business it, they were they're all um business owners so it was a business event like a business networking function but everyone looked great and everyone had um didn't had no idea that the shots were being taken yeah, it's fantastic, and I, 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 that, that is my preferred lens. I, I think for that reason, because you know, and even if you've set up the shot, there'll be a time if you've given them enough things to do, they get so involved in uh, the direction that you've given them that eventually they do forget you, you're there, and you can get mm. some um, fantastic shots. Or now, even Val- better is because if they because this guy was shooting from far away. And there were people in between him yes. and his subject. Those the the subject thought that he was actually shooting the people in front of him, but really all he was using is their shoulder or the back yes. of their head or whatever to to give the con- some context to the shot. Yeah, and that's a great a great idea. I often use uh, people to shoot through to give a mm. sense of uh, to take away that clinical feel to yes. a, a staged image because there's a bit of um, you know guff in the foreground. Always try and put something in the foreground to give yep. it that uh, it dirties it up a little bit. You know, mm, it just mm. makes it a bit uh, less. Uh, I know you like things a bit dirty. I do, I do, Val. <laughs> um, so settings. Um, <laughs> In terms of settings, what you want, um, if you're shooting a lot of action and, and um, you know, people are moving, then you want to crank up your shutter speed and crank up your ISO so that you can shoot a bit faster and um, capture the action as it's happening. So the other thing that uh, sometimes helps, and I did have a go at people shooting on burst mode, uh, but that's when you're taking thousands of images. But if you're shooting kids like, you know, frolicking with the hose or running Mm. through uh, the sprinkler and things like this or playing that, um, you have to play that game, Val. Mm -hmm. Count to ten and whistle when you roll a six. It's so much fun. It would be a great drinking game. They said everyone would end up wetting their pants, so it's probably not a good idea. But, um, you know, like you've got the kids playing the game and there's going to be like at, at one stage there'll be all this action that happens. I think it's a great idea to shoot this stuff on burst mode so that like, you know, um, you've, you've got an opportunity. You'll take like 10 frames of this action as it unfolds and there'll be like something good in there. Uh, as well so that's a good thing to do and in terms of how you expose the shot as well candid if you everything is um exposed and lit absolutely perfect that's a giveaway and it starts to look too clinical so you know if you're shooting against uh, a blue sky you might want to overexpose the sky and go for the skin tone instead so that it looks like because again just do this experiment when you're out next um and 
like sitting in that like when you're looking forward your eyes have adjusted to the scene in front of you and you'll see detail in the foreground detail in the background you know detail in the sky because you've your eyes have adjusted to that but then if you flick your head to the right quickly and then flick it back again you're not your eyes don't adjust to that so you're not seeing all the precise detail so there is two things that happens there's a little bit of movement and you'll find that uh, when you're looking and glancing like this you're not going to see all the detail in the sky so you know it does look a lot more natural if you don't force all of this stuff and try and get absolute perfection so Keeping that thought in mind, it's a good idea. I think, you know, it doesn't hurt to blow, lose your highlights, blow them out a little bit uh, or lose the shadow detail because that starts to now look uh, a lot more candid and natural. And the other thing that you might want to include as well just to give it more life is a little bit of movement in the shot. So sometimes it's okay to slow down your shutter speed and just ca- capture a bit of motion blur because suddenly that looks like it all happened in the moment and you just happen to grab that shot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so yep. we've got some uh, examples in the show notes. So if we've got a few minutes, Val, we can maybe uh, I'll get you to pick your faves and uh, okay. I'll run through uh, what was said and how I got those shots. All right. So, so And they're, you, they're at GinaMilitia.com, guys. Yeah, if you, if you have a look at photos. the show notes, um, you don't have to, but uh, if – if you do have access, you can have a look at the show notes for episode 316 at com, And there are quite a number of images there, so I'm just going to pick a handful so yeah. that Gina can talk through how she got the candid look for the shot. Now, the first one, Gina, is actually the first one <laughs> right, there. Yeah. And I want to talk about it because it's a shot that I think, were you in India? Where were you? Yes, that's India. Yeah. Yes. So um, it was a shot when Gina was in India and it is uh, a horizontal shot where a, kind of an old man with quite wrinkly and very, very leathery hands um, to the left of the shot. And he is, he has his hands, it, it almost looks like he's praying, but he's not. So his hands are in front of his face, kind of like in a prayer position and his head is bowed. And um, the light is coming, uh, so he's on the left of the frame, and the light is coming from the left. And because he has dark skin, the contrast between the bits that are um, highlighted and the bits that are in shadow is quite significant. Is he holding, it looks like a Zippo lighter or something. It's, he's what's he's he got a box of matches. He's lighting a, a series. Yeah. Ah, okay. So he's actually lighting something, but yeah, mm. he, you can imagine if his hands look like a bit like they're praying, they're kind of like they're kind of like that. And the rest of the shot to the right is complete darkness. Mm. So, um, and it looks like Gina's just captured it, you know, mm. on the fly, um, but with this amazing lighting. So, how did you get this shot, Gina? So totally set up. So I spotted <laughs> him first, and he, this man is a hundred years old. Oh my god! No, how do and, you know and. That? because his son told me so uh and he was with his son and he was actually out buying cigarettes on Mm. the streets in uh chennai this was Mm. and uh of course you know how i follow old men around on the streets i spotted him from like a mile away i'm like oh my god look at this guy and so i go up to him and um uh 
I started chatting to his son, who's probably about 70, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, asking, uh, you know, lots of questions. I'm like, that, what a face, what a face, what a face. I want to mm-hmm. photograph your dad. And he's like, yeah. sure. And uh, so he stands there and he just poses with his hands both by his side. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you something to do. And so he didn't speak English, but the son did. Right. So through the son, I um, told him to uh, light, light a ciggy. And uh, I had to actually uh, show him several ways to do it because I did want the hands because the hands, look at his hands, they're amazing, like the wrinkles and everything. I wanted the hands close to the face. And so I actually got him to uh, repeat that a few times. So I'd get that series of shots. And I also moved him into this little pocket of, of light uh, to capture that shot. So I did everything. So gave him the light looked for the light location i'm in india the backdrop was actually amazing this this particular village that i was in uh looked like you'd stepped into like 1950s india Mm. like it was amazing but but that's not what this portrait was about this was tight and clean so i you know exposed for the highlights instead so the background just fades to black right um and so you know positioned him and then gave him the direction and got him to repeat the direction, you know, mm. several times. And uh, that's how we got that shot. Brilliant. It's a fantastic shot. The next shot that I want to talk about is, uh, so that was a really tight shot. So this is a wider shot. And in this shot, it looks as if Gina's just walked past this someone's house or someone's um, shop and uh, the 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 walls or the door is wooden and has a really rustic patina on it to the left of the frame there's actually painted on the wall is actually I'm going to assume you're in Cuba um there's painted uh uh the Che Guevara um image uh and the doors are open and there's a man sitting inside so it really looks like we've we're peeking inside someone's home or, or or shop and um this man is sitting um in inside th- through the door reading a newspaper but also behind him on the far wall is yet another Che Guevara um uh image yeah do you yeah, how did you get this shot? Because it does so look is, like you've walked past. Yeah, and found this. So again, image. completely set up. I spotted the guy first. What a face! I spotted mm-hmm. the location, and uh, he happened to be the, the, this. This was like their club, or or um, you know, the, where they all hung out and uh, hung out through the day. It's actually India, not Cuba, but it may as wow. well be Cuba. It looks like Cuba. It's weird, right? Really? Uh, yes. And um, what I did, and so this is an but example of. That's a of, photo of. That's yes, an image I know. <laughs> bizarre. I asked them about it, just like bizarre. Anyway, okay. they, they idolize him. So, anyway, mm. um, yeah. So, what I did was I set it up. So, like, the doors are deliberately uh, held open to be like just so that I could get that little uh, section there where I had my model and um, inside wasn't lit at all it was dark and outside it was full sun so what I did was I exposed for my highlights which is outside Uh 
And then I had inside um, opposite my model who's sitting there reading the newspaper, I directed him to, okay, this is sort of sit down here and read the newspaper. I gave him an eye line by giving him a part of the newspaper, just read that section over and over again. So his face would be in the right direction. And then I've positioned my assistant inside uh, the room where he can't be seen and um, he's uh, pointing a light uh, at at, uh, at his face to, to light it. So, But I wanted it to look right. like he's lit from, say, there might be a window inside that's lighting him. But, uh, you know, I think I've managed to make that look like it's a, a natural organic moment or 100% set up. Yeah. Okay, so the next shot I want to talk about, this is probably still India, but it's an even wider shot. And basically Gina has, is on the street and she's captured uh, the almost the entirety of a very old disused building, which is really sort of derelict. It's got a tin roof. It's got real, it's really dirty from the outside, but it's, um, it's got so full of character. And you can imagine that there are so many stories that come from this building and that it has housed... Um, so many different people and you know situations so she's on the other side of the street and she's got a shot of this building but you know a building by itself would be fairly boring um, and fairly passive so in the shot and again it looks like one of these candid shots um, it's also nice and moody because there's some dark clouds in the sky um, but uh, to get some action in this shot it looks like it's so candid but there is a little girl riding a bike and the bike is in the foreground, um, well, kind of the middle ground, really, um, and uh, slightly. And it, in, it, to indicate movement, she, her shutter speed is obviously such that there's a little bit of blurriness there, so you can see that this girl is actually moving. Um, and there's also a tiny little dog, yeah, her puppy, <laughs> in the foreground, you know, running next to her or or on the road, um, heading in her direction as well. So how did you get all of that and the dog? <laughs> okay, so this is actually uh, in Vietnam. Oh. And, uh, yeah, and so this is an example of a style of candid uh, street photography that you can do and it's a good way to practice, uh, especially if you're a newbie and you're a little bit, like you're not ready to approach strangers yet. Uh, that takes a bit of courage. It took me quite a few years to build up the courage to do it. So, But with practice, you can get there. So if you want to get like candid shots but you're not ready to start directing models, this is a fantastic technique. So again, we're applying the find, the stage or the backdrop. And so I found this uh, beautiful uh, you know, derelict building, crumbling, rustic, uh, framed up my shot and then you wait. Yes. No, so handheld. And then you wait and you wait for the right actor to walk onto your stage and then you shoot. Uh, and you know, you'll know, you'll get a sense of the right position to be in. And for this, I did want to capture the movement so um, and to give that sense of that that this just happened instantly, you know, to, because if the little girl, if I had have cranked up my shutter speed and got her sharp, she's static and nothing looks worse than when you've got something that's actually moving where you've fr- – it, 
it looks great if you're doing, say, action sport where you've got a yeah. tackle that happens and, and the bodies are in the air and you, you get to see uh, something yeah. that doesn't normally happen. But when it's movement going through the frame like this, I think it's really important to um, get a little bit of that, that movement with the slower shutter speed um, there as well. So that was just what I did. So I do this a lot when I'm out and about. I'll find the stage like the background, mm. and then I'll wait for the right actor to walk onto the scene. And, uh, you know, you can get lucky. You can get someone come along in a few minutes or you might have to wait a little bit longer. But it's, it's, uh, it's exciting because you don't know what's gonna, who's going to appear on the, on, on, onto your set. So, yeah. Cool. All right, so the next shot it's gonna be, is very different. Um, now, I think this is a shot of a family in Gogglebox. <laughs> so um, correct me if I'm wrong, Gina. Is, is it a family on Gogglebox? Uh, is it the, yep. Of, of uh, this, Dad's of, got a pink tie? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so if, anyway, for those of you who may not fami- be familiar, but there's Gogglebox in the UK and... Um, I think people know what Gogglebox is, but basically it's a television show where it's actually a show of people watching a show. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, uh, and they're various families or couples or, you know, um, siblings or just normal people or business owners or whatever, normal people, and it's their reactions to the show. So this shot, the shot that no doubt was the brief for Gina was to capture this family, but to capture them enjoying watching television because that's what Gogglebox is about. And these are normal people. And I know that a lot of our listeners have to do a lot of group shots that look natural. So that's why I want to talk about this one because it's a group shot where they all look really natural. They all look really happy and that they're having a good time. So, which, you know, if you say to people, hey, everyone look happy, <laughs> it doesn't work. So how did you achieve this shot with this family, especially sometimes with a family? You, you can sometimes be a bit more self-conscious. Sometimes not. Yeah. You can be more at ease. But, yeah, how did you achieve it with this family? Okay, so I cannot stress how much I work my guts out for these shots where it's right. like everyone's engaged and laughing. It is hard work and you have to um, – be prepared to uh, leave any sense of like my ego, embarrassment, all of that, because it's all about injecting that energy into the shot. And you can see the difference when the photographer has worked hard to inject their energy and create life in a shot than the ones who just go, okay, everybody look happy because, you know, the girls are teenagers mm-hmm. or, you know, or, or young millennials uh, very easily uh, – you know, could turn or roll their eyes and, and, and all of that, you know. So I've got to get everyone on board. So, and I've done dozens and dozens and dozens of these shoots. Every time there's a new family, I go out and have to photograph them. So I've got to train a new family. These guys, the Daltons actually know what to expect. So, but what I do is, again, I've got my stage and there is a brief about how I need to photograph these um, these shots and, the you know, there needs to be a certain section of the, the background needs to be visible. It needs to be lit uh, so it's clean. So these are all, all lit as well uh, with uh, a couple of soft boxes uh, and it's lit to look like daylight. And then they're sitting on the couch and the thing is that they're not looking to camera because they're all watching TV TV, and I need to get shots of them reacting, okay? So, again, I 
position everyone so everybody looks good. And then I give everybody an eye line. So, you know, every single person, you're looking this way, you're looking towards the lamp, you're looking at the TV, you're looking over at the window. So everyone's got a, like an organic, uh, a dif- different spot that they look at. And then mm. then that's where the work comes in. And I and honestly... And also I'll just add in here that actually only one of the girls, the, the girl holding the remote control, is looking at the TV and the others aren't. But... Uh, you might think, well, aren't they all meant to be looking at the TV? But the reality is when you watch TV, not everyone's looking at the TV. Yeah. Other people, are, you know, you're doing other things. But because – but Gina has the visual cue of the remote control in the girl's hand yeah. as the one with the eye line for the TV. So yeah. it is clear that they are in front of the television. Yes. Um, and, and, and then it's just a matter of like I, I've got a whole heap of uh, shtick that I will pull out at a time like this and so I'll be cracking jokes the whole time. I, I make up completely ridiculous scenarios that I'll, I'll get in on and then always um, a really cheap shot is just to hang it on the dad. Uh, hang it is Aussie slang, Val, isn't it? <laughs> yes, Aussie slang of the week. Okay, so it's short for hang shite on the dad. We'd make yeah. fun of. So when you yeah. hang it on someone, Aussie slang, I he hung it on me. I let hang it on. It means you make fun of, uh, and that's an easy target because you know every family makes usually makes fun of the dad. Yeah. So he would have said something earlier in the day. I could call that back, and that'll get a laugh from the girls. Um, and then I, I, I often will take it in turns, like never, ever being mean, but just like gentle jabs at, at everyone. And then the other one that actually works and uh, works a treat, but you've got to be prepared to really not care what everyone thinks of you is I laugh with them. But when I say laugh, I laugh like a maniac. Yes, and she You've does. seen it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you can't help but laugh as well. My assistants are dying at first, mm. that, the ones that haven't experienced it, and then they also every, – laughing is so contagious. Contagious. And, and, and everyone gets on a high because it's like you get a, a belly laugh and you laugh and then you want to stop laughing and it mm. makes you laugh more. And, and you get these genuine – belly laughs and everyone's eyes are lit up and it it works but also when gina laughs she's not just going she is doing a belly laugh and (laughs) the people the the, the people she's photographing just can't help but laugh as well and they look so lovely and natural now my question with this because this is for gogglebox and they're meant to be in front of the tv it does look like there's light emanating from the tv how did you achieve that uh, softbox, softbox, very close uh, to them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so early on, when I did the all the marketing shots, so that's all the stuff that you saw in bus shelters and things like that. The marketing um, brief was uh, very different to the publicity brief. So with the marketing brief, they wanted it to really look like it was uh, nighttime in front mm, of the yes. TV. So we did stuff like you know we dropped a little blue gel onto the light, so it looks like there was a like a blue light. Mm. Um, flooding them, and then I dimly lit the room. So you'll see that the the earlier shots that can, this show's been around for about five or six years now. Mm. The earlier shots that I did for the show were uh, a lot moodier for the marketing, and then publicity. All 
always want everything to be bright and right, light yeah. and happy. So like we'd often, uh, you know, completely different brief. So um, yes. it wasn't so much about showing that they're watching the TV. That's always implied by the visual cues again. So you want yes. to think about when you're doing lifestyle stuff, what are the visual cues that are going to say, well, they're obviously watching TV. You can't show the back of the TV that's no. ugly. You no. don't want to show the side of the TV because that's just so obvious. So little mm. tr- little cues like the remote in the hand. Mm. And you know? very subtle. It's uh, not like the remote is a giant prop or No, 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 no. And it's like, you know, when you think about it, I've, I've given this example before, but when you go like – if you want to take great photos, it's not a, just about learning uh, photography skills. There's all these other areas that I think you should investigate. And I think one of my favorite things to do is go to the theater. So as a photographer, take yourself out to see plays. It doesn't need to be the big, you know, what's a Hamilton ticket worth? Val? Thousands. <laughs> It's ridiculous, right? Um, well, it depends. Don't have to sell your left kidney to go mm-hmm. to a play, but you know, sure, support them if you if that's your thing. But there is also a lot of um, you know smaller off Broadway, off 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 Broadway. We can go to those smaller theatre productions and even student plays, and just have a look at how they stage. The, the plays and how they uh, style it and uh, how little is needed of a visual cue to for your um, imagination to go, I'm in a rocket ship or I'm in someone's kitchen or I'm in someone's lounge room and how simple that is and think like that. Think like a, uh, a theatre stylist when you're uh, setting up these shots. Yeah, great. Now, um, we have time for uh, one more, but I actually think that this has been such a useful, a useful exercise and there are many more shots um, that we could pick from, but we're almost at the end of this week's episode. But I actually think this um, was such a useful exercise, Gina, that maybe we should um, do it uh you know, almost like behind the scenes of Gina's yeah. shots kind of thing. We'd yeah. love to hear your opinion. So tell us in the podcast community on Facebook, if you haven't joined yet, make sure you join um, and let us know about what we've done here in episode 316. Um, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. But also it gives us an opportunity to hear what you think. So if you find it useful for us to, dissect how Gina has achieved these shots we might do another episode with a theme though um so that there's something connecting them all um another episode that where where we go through this I know we do it from time to time for for certain um topics but I think it's quite useful just hearing how you've you know the behind the scenes and how you've achieved certain things in certain shots Mm. so the final shot is uh of a um an Australian actor called uh, Jared De Paris, and yeah. he played. Um, he was in a show called Underbelly Squizzy, which uh, it was a big crime boss in Australia from yesteryear. Um, but obviously, this is a modern day shot, and he's he's um, I don't know, late twenties, I'm guessing, maybe mm. in this shot, and he's wearing a suit jacket, a business shirt, but no tie, 
and he's he's a good looking guy he's um and he's it's such a natural shot right so the background is out of focus he's obviously in focus and he's looking at something off camera very very happy and it just look it, it is literally as if you just walked past and you've captured this moment and it's such a it's such a great shot i really like it um how did you achieve this uh, thanks, Val. All right, so a uh, couple of things to consider here. So again, this is using my um, rule of light over location. Now, if you look at this location, it's nothing special. It's actually the corner of my studio. The stuff that's out of focus in the background is actually roll paper that's leaning against the wall. But I've got him positioned close uh, behind my back uh, two large huge uh, warehouse windows that are lighting yes. him okay and so it was all about the light and then I like managed to angle the camera so that I've got some um, light sort of streaming in behind him so once I've got the stage set and I've framed up my shot and I knew that the, I wanted this to be a three-quarter image so I'm cropping um, sort of just at the at the waist uh, and so important when I'm cropping at the waist I needed the hands in the shot so I need to give him something natural mm. to do with the hands rather than just have them there and I don't want to do that cutesy thing where it's like lean into your hands I think that's really contrived and you know kind of daggy another Aussie slang word <laughs> I've given daggy. the definition of that daggy uncool yes. Um, yes. So I give them something to do with their hands. And in this instance, the direction to Jared was, uh, I want you to uh, pretend you're buttoning up the, the button on your uh, shirt cuff. sleeve, the cuff, right? Mm. And just play with the button and play with the button and play with the button and keep playing with the button and don't just that yep bring your arms up and so when I've got the arms in the right position it's just a matter of just twiddle that button with your thumb and fourth finger until I finish the shoot don't mm. don't change that at all okay so that's the first action is set in place and I've got it framed up and the arms are in the right position now it's about the angle of the head so he is beautiful uh, at whatever angle you photographing full mm, yeah. full front three quarter doesn't matter but for this it needed to be three quarter, and I wanted to capture the shot of him, um, the like he was engaging with someone across the yes, room yes. and uh, just laughing at a comment that 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 he said. So I give him an eye line. So I gave him a, a visual point on the wall. That's your mate, Dave. <laughs> over Dave, there. John, and, uh, Macca, and. Uh, you know, and just uh, just to point out too, like the the styling is also really important because it brings it all together. Now, if you've got mm. such a candid, natural moment, if I had have had uh, Fo the makeup artist come in and just go, uh, can you make his hair look uh, really slick and perfect? It's clinical, right? Mm. So we deliberately got his, and there's a lot of work to make his hair look like he just got out of bed, right? Yes, it looks it's like that he's casual, got out of the ruffled, shower. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, it's that casual ruffled look that also, uh, these little one percenters all bring the shot together. Yes. So that was the brief and also the fact that he's not wearing a tie and it's it's like, you know, one collar, one button is undone at the top and the next one's done up, you know, all of these it's things. It's like he's just help. put on his clothes ready, like... <laughs> When he's, he's gotten out of bed 
and he's about yeah, to and have he's breakfast. just gotten dressed, and the last thing he needs to do is maybe just run his hands through yeah. his hair, and or he's just run his hands through his hair, yeah. but he's got that that's that that kind of really lovely dishevelled look. Mm. He's got the eye line, and I've got the point of focus, and then it's just a matter of me. And again, I can create a storyline. I often, if it's an actor or someone creative, they'll go with me. They're like they're happy mm. to improvise, mm. so we just improvise garbage you know so it might be like you know I can't even remember what was said but I know it's like you've heard me dribble on in this podcast you know where I'll go in all different directions and just to get a laugh and it doesn't matter so you've got to be um and keep that going because his energy is going to uh, vibe off my energy so if I'm going yeah can you just can you just look at the – can you – mate, just be a bit happier. Yeah, no. Can you be happier? Can you see how that's going to go nowhere? Yeah. You know, instead it's like, okay, Jared, look at the wall. Okay, so, you, no, we're laughing at nothing <laughs> and then I'm going to start laughing as well. And it's like, okay, so pretend like, oh, my God, I'm trying to trying to do up my uh, shirt here but I don't really know how to do it because I'm an actor and I'm not that coordinated, you know, and I'll just, like, I'll just dribble on and on and on and on until, you know, that they'll start, like, it's so ridiculous that they have to laugh. But did, do you hear the change in the energy level when I was talking to him? Yeah. That is absolutely crucial. You're injecting your high energy mm. into the scene and everyone, like, it lifts the whole mood of the room and they yeah. have to come with you. So um, you mentioned that because you're shooting from the waist up, you needed to see his hand, so you gave him something to do, and that yep. is play with his button on his cuff. What would you have done if he was a woman? Uh, it might be that you've got a, a ring on your little finger and you can twirl that ring around or you can um, play with a bracelet or, mm. uh, you know, um, fix your jacket things like that so with a woman I can I, I, I feel a bit more comfortable in getting her to lean up and over something really? uh, and so I can get her hands into position like that so I might change the uh, the pose entirely I think I've got you to have I shot you with your hands in the shot Val yeah 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 what have I got you to do um like lean on a the like a traffic piling like a garbage bin on the street yeah 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 so again location doesn't matter i've had you leaning over so many garbage yeah yeah but in dodgy locations everywhere but you know you can get them to like i like that idea of uh twirling a ring on your finger As well, I think I've got you to do that. That 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 is a good one. But that is important to get those uh, hands up into the frame rather than mm. cropping them out. And there are better ways to do it than just to get people to lean on their hands. Sure. All right. So we could do so many more, but this is the end of this week's episode. Do let us know if you find these um, an analytical uh, approaches to these um, to these photos useful and. Uh, We'd love to bring you more if you do find them useful. All right, so that is really good. How to pose, direct, light and compose candid, natural-looking portraits. Uh, There's a bit more to it than just snapping as you go past, but it looks so fantastic that it's worth the extra effort. All right, Gina, what what are you doing in the coming week? 
So I'm off uh, off to uh, the country again for the next couple of days. So that's oh. exciting. Get to get out of the state, and uh, yeah, that'll that'll keep me uh, entertained for this week. And uh, what about you, Val? I, I'll be hobbling around maybe the next couple of days. Hobbling. Yeah, I decided that I needed to move more, so I downloaded the Chris Hemsworth app, uh, fitness just app. to look at him. Well, it's because <laughs> it was recommended by um, my colleague Nat, who is like buff now. Oh, of the app, yeah, completely buff. And um, so I thought, and it's a quite a good app. And uh, I got, I'm on the seven day free trial, and I did the first workout yesterday, and it was thoroughly <laughs> enjoyable. But I can't walk. <laughs> yeah, all well, your muscles are sore now. Yeah, get, absolutely. Get into a bath with Epsom salt. Yes, I need to do that. Yeah, so yeah. I can't do the next um, workout on the app because I can't actually move. Anyway, oh, it's that's obviously, great that you're well, doing it. Well, it's shown me that I need to move even more. Um, but, yes, uh, that's what I'll be doing. Where do we find you online, Gina? You find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on all social media. And if you want to take your photography to the next level and learn, like, this this is the sort of behind-the-scenes stuff you got today. It's this on steroids in the in the coal community. So if yes. you like what you heard and you want to take your photography to the next level, then do check out the Goal community. Just go to ginamilitia.com and click on Join the community what about you val you'll find me at valerie koo that's k-h-o-o on twitter and instagram and over at valeriekoo.com thanks for listening everyone and we look forward to chatting to you again next time thanks guys thanks for listening to so you want to be a photographer for more information free resources and gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer visit GinaMilitia.com.